The Late Night Legends podcast is meant for an adult audience only. It may contain sexually oriented content. Content may not be suitable for sensitive listeners. Please be aware of your surroundings. Listener discretion is advised. Legends Internet Podcast and Radio Show. Good evening, good morning, wherever you may be. My name is Frank Barrientos, United States of America. I'm here with my co-host, Joan. Hi, Hello. how are you doing? <laughs> we are missing two hosts tonight. We've got uh, Kimberly, who is on her yearly month off sabbatical, and James is sick with the Covies. Yeah, he's get got, well soon. <laughs> he's got the Rona. We hope he gets well. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you have the children's. Yeah. So we wish him a fast and speedy recovery. And yeah, uh, he should be on next week. And I think we just have one more show before. Is it? Do we have? How many shows do we have? Two more. Two more. (laughs) Two more shows before our big break. Two more, yes. What are we doing for those shows? Do do I even know? Uh, I am hosting one of them. And we're going to do Liminal Land, which is, I guess, like an ARG augmented reality game. Uh, but it's a website set up by a couple of people who explore that side of the internet. So it's a creative project done by them. Yep, yep. And then we're going to have potentially maybe a sleepwalking show. Maybe. It might be something more special than that. Stay, mm. stay tuned. Stay tuned for if we actually have something else that's pretty cool. I would stay think it's tuned. Pretty. Stay woke. Stay, stay ready. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Nobody else knows what I'm really talking about, I yeah. think. Maybe if you've been paying attention, you might have an idea. Uh, what do we got? What do we got? Um, I, I do want to really quickly mention that we're still looking to give a, oh, away a copy of uh, Sin Schrader Hill's book, uh, her newest one. The way that you enter that is you go to our website, which is latenightlegends.boo, and you go ahead and you uh, let us know about a paranormal experience where you've communicated with someone that has passed on to the afterlife. Uh, or maybe something where you think that might be what happened. So what we're going to do is, I think towards the end of the year, um, we're going to review all the entries, and then we're going to take a few that we like, 
and we're going to submit them over to uh, the author, and she's going to choose the one that she likes the best, and then I'm going to buy that person a book. That's so nice. We also have, yeah, we also have tonight, um, man, what a guest tonight, Jacob Mayfield tonight, who's also mm -hmm. on Twitter. And I'm also kicking around the idea of throwing, no, I was going to say throwing away, throw, <laughs> giving away his book, because he's also a published author on Amazon. So Yes. Yes. Let's let's brainstorm with him once he comes on and hopefully, you know, we'll ask him what kind of person he'd like to give the book to. And then we'll, yeah. we'll go from there. It doesn't always have to be like, tell us about an experience. It could be just like, like this photo or you got to be following, you know, him and us or we'll, you know, draw a random person that likes something. Yeah. Right. Any of those kind of work. Do you want to discuss how we came across this guest i know you mentioned it once before yes, but yes. so um it's kind of a redemption but um we did um the dark matters uh paranormal life podcasting event back in last february in elgin illinois i went with kara jenny tressa and we had a blast and while we were there we met some cool ass people including the mayor maybe it's spiritual podcast crew who did uh, come on with us a couple weeks ago. They were phenomenal people, phenomenal um, talent. Love listening to their podcast. It's amazing. Uh, and actually, their episode that we did with them is one of our better episodes, I think. So definitely want to check that out. But um, Jacob is somebody who we met there also, who not only was somebody that was there as a vendor, but then also he was part of the listening audience for everybody. So he got to participate and he was a, a I think he's probably the favorite uh amongst the people who were in the audience listening to us live at Dark Matters. So if we happen to go back again this year, which I don't know that we will cuz we're all in different parts of the United States, <laughs> really uh it would only be me right now. Like right now I'm the only official host uh in the Chicago area. So it w it w unless you want to fly out, Joan. I have a friend out there, maybe. Would you You're nice to me. <laughs> it, de it depends on flights, honestly. <laughs> In you, this economy. I, I, <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I liked Dark Matters. I really did. Is it worth the cost for a ticket? I don't know. Maybe if you have that much. If they're sponsoring us, yes, it is. They're not, though. They wouldn't. Oh, well, then. <laughs> well, we did get paid. It was a, we did get paid. It was a paid That's thing. Nice. So. Uh, I will say that the cost or, or, or the, the pay that we received would not be comparable to the cost of a flight. So I'll say that. I'm going to actually type to you right now in the chat how much money we all got paid for that. Oh, spicy. Um, I, I don't want to say on air how much we got paid, but I dropped a figure. <laughs> oh, my God. Six million dollars for that appearance. Wow. You know, what's really funny is um, I saw a friend uh, on Saturday and. Mm -hmm. He was asking me about a jacket that I have, and then I, I showed him which jacket that I have. And he's like, wow, the, the podcast must be very lucrative. I'm like, it's definitely not. <laughs> no, it's it's the podcast money. It is. Definitely not podcast money. If I honestly, if I had podcast money, which actually it's interesting because like I, I quickly, I'll really just say this here before we have Jacob on. We have got a couple minutes, but I want to sort of um, maybe mention something that's very important to uh, me and when I started this thing and by their extension us we're not for profit we're not looking for donations we don't want to ask for donations you're never going to see a big fucking tacky QR code like give me your goddamn money on the side 
Uh, I don't care about Twitch subscriptions, like all those things are nice. But what I really would like is just to give things away. I want to give merch away. I want to give shirts away. We're giving books away. I'm looking to give shit away. If you like a show that gives things back to you, that's us. If you want to listen to a podcast that has a big fucking tacky QR code that's really trashy and asks for your money and you get nothing in return, maybe this is not the show for you. But uh, just letting you know that I'll be anti-advertisement until the very end. I'm never going to opt to put those out there, whether it's YouTube, Spotify. If you get ads, I'm sorry, but just know that that is from the platform and not from us. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that said here, I'm going to bring up Jacob in a couple minutes. And yeah, we're going to see if we can give away a copy of his book. And I mean, we'll see what else we're going to do. And I was just going to say, as far as uh, money goes, I'm actually looking to pour money into this to invest into it. I'm not looking to get anything out of it. Yeah. That means anything to you. I think everybody kind of knows that already on the team. Yeah. I don't keep it. I mean, a podcast is not, it can be a cheap hobby and it cannot be a cheap hobby. Well, hey, like I I make pretty good money. Like I'm not, you know, whatever I, uh, you know, and if I can, you know, advertise here and there, I don't mind throwing a little few, few dollars here and there, but I'm definitely not looking to collect fucking, I mean, I put the amount of money we made in the dark matters, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That means nothing to me. Like that, that's, that's like probably the gas to get there, to be quite honest, maybe a little bit more with my car, but you know, in all, in all honesty, this is always going to be a passion project. And I always just want to do this because I like doing it, not looking to get rich, definitely not looking to get famous, just doing it because I love it. And on that note, I also want to thank everybody uh, that's our listeners for helping us uh, become one of the top 10 paranormal podcasts of, of October, 2023 with a uh, paranormality magazine. I didn't Thanks. even, I didn't even know we were in the running for that. Um, but it's really cool to be recognized. Mm-hmm. I know that, uh, it's, I mean, I checked them out. It seems like they might do something every month where they got top 10, but to be not only nominated, but to get it in October, it's pretty nice. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty good. So and fame has only changed you a little bit. Oh yeah, would you call only what, only a little bit? Don't worry. Do you call what I currently have fame? Because I wouldn't call what this is as fame. <laughs> <laughs> if in fact I would say I'm less famous. People don't want to know me after seeing this. They're like, oh, that fucking guy. Frank, no. we all we all know you did say to that waitress, "Do you know who I am?" It was a little embarrassing, but it it's okay. A- we'll go past it now. Waitress, that your husband's <laughs> uh, he slapped her butt. He's left your butt, yes. The same imaginary waitress that doesn't exist. (laughs) Also, I guess we're at the 10-minute mark. So, uh, Mr. Jacob Mayfield, if you're listening, go ahead and sign on in. And uh, I will also send you a little little chat here. And we'll just just wait for him to uh, come on. It's going to be exciting. It is. He's really cool. Uh, so just like briefly going over his website and I of course he'll explain more Jacob Mayfield does entertainment in the way that he does tarot card readings palmistry as well as a mentalist which is very interesting I feel like mentalism just came up um, like I'm sure it's been around for a while but as like a form of entertainment very recently have you ever seen a mentalist Frank no okay not I'm not even sure if I understand what that is. It comes off as mind reading. It's pretty cool. 
do you want to let us know what the difference is, or would you like us to wait for our? I I would not like to speak on it because I'm not sure about it. From what I understand, it's like being very good at like reading a room, but I could also be very wrong about that. Um, when I was looking it up on Wikipedia very quickly, it was like it's like magic, but it's not magic. And I'm like, thanks, Wikipedia. That was helpful. It really helped me understand the difference. I know there was a TV show called The Mentalist because I was watching Bob's Burgers and then one of the characters on Bob's Burgers referenced that other TV show. Which yeah, is I a- c- cannot confirm or deny if that's related. <laughs> Teddy on Bob's Burgers referred to The Mentalist TV show. So that's how I know of the phrase. But I don't know what it is. I probably don't believe in it, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what Jacob has to say. Okay, he's got a reply. Let's take a look here. Oh. I like stop talking shit. I'm not even on there yet. Waiting room, but it doesn't say that he's waiting. So let me go ahead and I'll see if I can do this. That's on me if he didn't get in. Uh, Zoom really sucks lately. It did this thing to us where it wants everybody to like sign in now. Which I don't like. Maybe it's for security, but uh, we've never had a problem with security so far. Um, it's totally been good. So let's give him a minute here. Do you got anything else going on? You got anything to plug that's spooky? You looking forward to anything this year? To plug? Oh, um, I started, and by started, I mean not really, because we don't have Netflix anymore. Uh, we watched one episode of The Fall of the House of Usher which is like takes um experience from Edgar Allan Poe hello (laughs) hello Jacob I think you're on mute I think everybody comes in muted so that way if you have something embarrassing in the background it'll it'll I think we hear you now though how you doing I'm doing well plenty of embarrassing things in the background but but nothing too audio based right now awesome we were just talking about uh the dark matters when we met you and how much of a blast that was. And uh, we also mentioned you, I'm not sure if you listened to our episode we had a couple of weeks ago, we had the Maybe It's Mm -hmm. Spiritual team on. We did a collab with them. Yes, you know, I was able to hear a little bit about it. They're super lovely and I I haven't finished it yet. I'm a little behind in my podcasting post spooky season, but it's on my queue. So I'm excited to listen. So yeah, so what they did is we talked about you for like 10 minutes, specifically you. And what we found out was they ha- they had you on their show, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, it sounds like something went awry. <laughs> they lost the show. No, it, you know it's funny because I I was going through kind of all my records recently because I do a heavy like uh, just publicity push around Halloween, and I was like I haven't heard back from them. I was like, should I reach out? I was like, I don't know, maybe. Uh, so. I was yeah I was talked to Ralph we talked to Ralph and he's like yeah I think I lost the audio for that one I'm like oh that sucks (laughs) yeah that's not ideal for podcasting no honestly like we have we for I don't know about how how they do the production on there I know that we have three different like we have the main way we capture things and then we have our two like fail safes so I've always I've always been able to salvage things. So anyway, uh, you were at Dark Matters. This is where mm-hmm. I met you. I think you met a few yeah. hosts at the time that are no longer with us. That was Carrie Jenny Tressa. Uh, but we had a great time, and I remember you in the audience specifically. Like you had like some high energy. I feel like at that time, 
everybody was kind of like, I don't know. Everybody was kind of like scared to like watch those uh, live podcasts. And I feel like you really brought the energy yeah. to the room on that day. So I was really, really grateful to you. And then I feel Thank like you. I again, I feel like I saw you again at a different Chicago like convention. I think I saw you doing tarot, but I wasn't sure if it was you. And I was kind of afraid to walk up. It was in uh, what suburb was that? And I think it was like around LaGrange somewhere. Damn, I don't know. Was remember. it the one Jack Chavez uh, put on um, mid? No, I, I'm going to be honest. It's been a lot of, they all kind of blend together because they all have similar oh, titles. So I'm like. To say that it wasn't you and I didn't say hi because it wasn't you. We'll, we'll do that. Yeah. Okay. But, was it Paracon? Oh, yes, Paracon. That's it was. it was me! You could have said hi. So, you know, the thing about it was, like, we were there, and uh, there were so many people. We had been walking around, and for a moment when I saw yeah. you, I thought I saw you, we were, like, already on the way out, and we were just waiting for, like, I, we, I was waiting for one of the other hosts to talk to somebody else, but, but we yeah. already said our goodbyes. I don't know if you've done that thing with your like your friends or your family, like you're at a party and you say goodbye to everyone, but then yeah. you, there's that awkward moment where you haven't left yet. Or like if you're me, you'll say you, goodbye. You have to run. Oh my you god. You have to like get out. <laughs> or if you're like me, you'll say goodbye to someone and say, Oh, I'll see you next time, but then you walk out together and like quite like awkwardly <laughs> say to each other. Um, yeah. um but no, that's where we saw you. We were just talking about maybe doing it again this yeah. year. Uh, Joan is in New Jersey, so uh, I'm not sure if she'd fly out for that. I told her it's not worth it. Maybe you could tell her if it's worth it. I say no, but Joan, you should do it. Okay, <laughs> I'm because convinced. then we can meet in person, and we that's can. and that's like wonderful. But also, I mean, I think if you can tag on other stuff, you can make it worth your while. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. I've been to Chicago plenty, so I have a I actually have a good friend out there. So I always have a place to stay, and she usually likes to drive me around, which is very convenient, and I get to be a princess. So Jake, My favorite thing is that yeah. she's like, I've got a good friend out there, and then she doesn't refer to me. It's like something. <laughs> Frank, you have never once offered to drive me anywhere, so. I don't know. I thought we were. Have you, a- ever, have you ever heard that theory about, like, how to rank a friendship, and, like, one of them is, like, would you drive them to the airport? Like that's like a top tier friend. If you fly out for this, and I'm not booked otherwise, I will pick you up from the airport. I live like 20 minutes from O'Hare. Oh my god! Look how I have two good friends in Chicago now. Oh, you mean three? Come on, (laughs) that girl. Frank is still not offered. Oh, that's one. Oh, that's fucking. That's perfect. We had a okay. So this is a true story. Yeah. And this is just funny. Okay. I think, yeah, yeah. I think when Joan originally applied to be a host on the show, one of the questions on the application was, "In minutes, how far away do you live from O'Hare?" Was that a question for you, Joan? Do you remember? It was, it was not in minutes. It was in time. I can't take the minutes. <laughs> so and I said twenty six and a half hours. Oh, okay. I mean, that's. I think that's that's about on par. Because so, I looked it up because at the time I had a bachelorette party to go to and I was debating on driving for a hot second because flights were a lot. We had, Jacob, we really had like a really big, not on the show, not on air, but we had a very big disagreement behind closed doors about oh. how far away Villa Park is to O'Hare. Me being a Villa Park resident, like I know I could get to O'Hare in like 
10 minutes. Wait, are you currently in Villa Park? No, but I was. At okay, the- I currently am in Villa Park. Oh, we're at whereabouts? Because I was I was living there. Like, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe where I'm at without Daunting someone yourself. being able to like yeah. geo. Right. <laughs> landmark. Um, Just step outside and you- take a picture. Just show us. It's right. fine. <laughs> If you know where Highview Diner is, I do. You can, I, you, yeah, you can walk. This isn't a commercial for Highview. It's fine. Like, but it's very much like a Villa Park institution. I can walk to Highview Diner from my house. Okay, that's very fair. That's a nice area. That's all. Yeah. yeah. I pass up that way if I'm ever going to like the DMV in Lombard. So that's cool. I mean, uh, we got some great stuff. There's the DMV. End of list. So I, yeah. So me, I actually grew up in Villa Park, or I spent yeah. part of my childhood. I used to live right by the Ovaltine factory, kind of like by the real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember your story about that. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. I think like two weeks ago, I was right by there. Uh, my fiance and I went to Villa Perk Coffee, which just opened up a few months ago. Are you familiar with Villa Perk? I shit you not. I was at Villa Perk today. Oh my god! I almost and wa- I will plug them. They are great. I had a fiery lavender latte. And oh, it was fantastic. I actually had a chai when I went, and I was thinking how awkward their bathroom is because it's such a huge room with such a little like space for like the fixtures like off in the corner somehow. But I wanted to actually give them yeah. a business card, but I ended up not doing it because I didn't want to be awkward. But I was going to give them a business card like, hey, if you hear about spooky stuff mm-hmm. in your area, let me know. I'm the guy. I want to know. But yeah. I, didn't, I didn't I actually ended up not doing it. Instead, um, the fiance and I went right outside of there by that mm-hmm. ground the, that they have right outside. And we yeah, were yeah. Nice fall pictures. So we were there. Aww. So there and then I moved more in my more recent adult life. I was sort yeah. of just up the road from uh, the high mm-hmm. view. It was uh, I was on like North Avenue and Addison Road right by that white mm-hmm. camp. All those people died. No, nobody died. Wait, I was kidding. Nobody died at that. Wait, are you sure though? Um, you know, it's so interesting. Villa Park, it it is a great location. It's so close. It's so easy to like get to O'Hare. Depending on when I'm leaving during the day, if I'm doing a gig in Chicago, I can get on Michigan Avenue in maybe thirty minutes. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I I like if I have to do that, uh, or I was doing that to go to work. I was taking. Yeah. Avenue to 83, 83 to 290, 290 to Lakeshore Drive to get to work. I was doing oh, that. So bad. Yeah, My not- hope is someone from the village of Villa Park is listening and they're like, finally, the media <laughs> coverage we've been praying they're for. Hey, they're not doing great. They had that one um, treasurer that robbed the town. Did you hear about that? No. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> so if you're familiar with where the metro station is, I used to take that to yeah. every day. They sure. actually tore down that plaza that was next to it that had the sketchy liquor store and the taco place. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, great. They were supposed to um, build a bridge over that Metra track right oh. there, like over right. it, because there was a like all the time. There's like these huge delays, mm-hmm. and uh, so they approved it. The funding was passed. They got the funding, and then yeah. the treasurer made off with it. Literally, pled guilty after he was arrested. And that happened like last year. What? Also, yes. yeah, look it up afterward. Um, also, we've mentioned several times about how haunted Ovaltine is. And then the last thing yeah. about Villa Park is 
I'm really good friends with the the lady, the owner of I Love Fries. Um, <gasps> and I definitely want to see if I can get her to sponsor the show at some point. She's so I, I do listen, love fries. Whatever it's going to take to make that happen, I'm very, I'm more on board than really I should I, be reasonably. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. Like, whatever the plan is, I'm game. Like, yes. Let's do it. Let's go in there. I actually, you know what? I, I'm going to take away some points for her, though, because, um, when I got engaged, she like the first place that we went after we got engaged was I Love Fries because that's one of our comfort places. Yeah, and she posted a, a, a like a reel about my fiance and I. Like we're on their Instagram, and Aww. she dropped the news about our our wedding and stuff before we announced it. So some of some of our friends found out that way from the I Love Fries <laughs> Instagram. Oh, man. In her defense, you have to make that very clear when she's taking photos I, I, that don't do this yet. She's like, hey, you love fries. Let's take a picture. I'm like, yay, let's do that. We're engaged. Did you get free fries, though? Like, that's the number one question. I was waiting for her, her the whole time to offer, but she didn't. But that's okay, because I know that it's been a, a rough road for that business. As good as they are, it's yeah. just a, a, that area, like, shuts down. Like, they're not as busy as you might think, but they're amazing, oh. that place. Yeah. It's like across from them. They had like a taco place. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. That place closed down and now it's a totally different taco place now. Yeah. You, yeah. I went to the one when it was the old taco place, which was like solid. I never I've not been to, to the new one. I never, got, I never got to go because every time I was in the area, I'm like, I'm going to go to I Love Fries. I love tacos, but I'm here. I love fries. But I love fries. <laughs> Honestly, Joan, this place, it's it's not even named I Love Fries. It's I emoji heart and then emoji fries. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope that's what's so. on their business. Like their yeah, like I was thinking business. that too. Like the LLC has like emojis, and and they had to like explain that to a very boring accountant. They're like, well, so it's it's emojis. Yeah, and like so we'll write it out. It's like no, no, no. It's it's like pictures, but that's the business. <laughs> like words, words that are pictures. You, you better believe hieroglyphics. Honestly, I'm gonna send her this episode, and she's gonna recognize me by face. And it's funny because like I don't think she knows my name. I don't think she's memorized it, but every time I go and she's like, hey, hey, let's like, let's talk. I always talked to her for like 20 minutes, but anyway, let's, let's not talk <laughs> more Villa Park. Okay. What's going on. But Villa Park is where I grew up and it's a very haunted town. And it really is one of the yeah. catalysts for me being interested in this ghost stuff. But uh, tell us a bit about you. I know yeah. I've only heard me talk about you and Joan. We, we, we mentioned you a little bit. Tell us about you, what you do, what you like. Uh, we know you're an yeah. author about that and tell us tell us uh, we do want to hear a little bit more about what it is to be a mentalist yeah fire away we have questions okay so <laughs> yeah so my name is jacob mayfield and pretty much there's two main things that i kind of do i do mentalism and mind reading which is like a theatrical show so i just did a run of theater shows in saint charles over halloween which was really great we were two seats away from selling out our final night which was the weekend after halloween which i'm gonna be very upfront with you and everybody listening i was like let's book it and we'll see what happens like because I, I i knew that there wouldn't be a huge like no one's knocking on my door the week after halloween oh, yeah. like, like it'll be fine like let's just go and I was shocked. I'm like, we are two people from selling out. That is nuts. So I do mentalism, mind reading, and that's really 
the branch of stage magic that instead of using like optical illusions, use psychology, uh, use stagecraft, and then you also really use your intuition. And then the other part of what I do is tarot and palmistry. So like even tonight before I got on the air, I was doing a coaching with somebody who's learning tarot. I was doing an online palm reading after that, took a quick break for dinner. And here I am hydrated and ready to go. So it's, you know, it's interesting because I think uh, for me, it's very much two different sides to the same coin. I love being able to like go out and do my theatrical show um, and like the cool places and experiences that has given me. But I really love the really kind of mystical side of doing readings, tapping into intuition. And I love the balance. So, yeah. That's great. So how did you get like mm -hmm. interested in your field of work? Cause you, as you said, there are two different things, but it's a very broad spectrum. And I do feel like it lends into yeah. that mysticism as well. So like what got you started with that? Oh, that's such a good question. I think as a kid, I was just always fascinated by the idea of like magic and the supernatural and like, you know, cuddling up Alan nineties, watching unsolved mysteries on the couch. And I think for a long part of my life, Joan, I really tried to compartmentalize because for a long time, like I never did tarot professionally. Like it was something just like personally for me and like for friends and family. And I realized, you know what? This is all part of like a larger view of who I am. And once I tapped into that, everything finally felt right. It was like, I'm finally out here really kind of exploring my like what I want to do with my like with my life and with the kind of work I do so as far as kind of the more like stagecraft work that I do you know I went to I have a degree in music I did theater throughout my entire life so it's a great way to tap into that and really craft pieces that I'm interested in like um for the Halloween show I debuted a new piece that was all about Resurrection Mary, which if you're from the Chicagoland area, it's like this very famous hitchhiking ghost story. And yes. I love that I could like have this little like piece of art that was like really special just for that. And then with the tarot and palmistry work, I like the range that I get to do. Like um, uh, next weekend, uh, this coming Saturday, I'm gonna be at the Brumter Mansion in Milwaukee doing a book signing. Um, last weekend I was at a wellness fair in Oshkosh, um, in October I was in Indiana, Wisconsin, Connecticut, and Illinois, just doing various events, flying, driving, and I, I love the people it introduces me to. I, I think that's like my favorite part is the people, um, because like, it, like, I'll do the show. But it's meeting someone after the show who's like, I have a Resurrection Mary story for you. Awesome. Or, yeah, and, and it's like this like really like old Chicago guy and he's like really crushed. He's like, I have a story. I'm like, I need to hear it. I want to hear it. Um, or this is so weird. So during the run of Halloween shows, I was talking about um, dowsing rods and Ouija boards. And I was looking for someone who had success doing it. So I bring a woman up. We do a routine. And I asked her, like, is there anything about your experience you'd like to share? She was like, no, you know, it's kind of spooky. And I was like, all right. So after the show, she comes up to me. She says, Jacob, I want to tell you something. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I'm very all ears for this. She's like, I didn't mention this on stage, but when I used that Ouija board in college, it told me the name of my husband, who I didn't meet for 10 years later. And I'm like, you, you could have shared that. We would have loved to have yeah. heard that I'm as an audience. Class. Sure. I, like, for, for the whole class, please. I'm like, yeah. 
because especially with a story like that, my, my first thought was, well, maybe she already knew him. You know, someone like, like she was like infatuated with and, you know, idiomotor effect, or maybe someone's kind of pushing it around like as a joke. But she's like, yeah, I didn't meet him for 10 years. I got married in my 30s. It mm. was a relatively unusual name. I didn't know anyone of that name at that time. And I'm like, this, th that's the best part. That's my favorite part of what I do, stuff like that. That's so fun. I think that like also brings me into this like question that I mm -hmm. wanted to ask. Um, so you mentioned like it takes like a lot of psychology and I assume there's a yeah. lot of like cold reading in the mentalist portion and like yeah. I actually read tarot as well. So hey. I know that hey. So I know there's like, a lot of in intuition that goes into yeah. that. So like where in your line of work, uh mm -hmm. like what place does intuition versus like study and practice have? Oh, that is a that's a really exceptional question i'm like uh, like we could talk for an hour on that so i'm gonna attempt to keep it spelt um in the tarot work i do i would say it's about 70 percent technique and history and decoding and about 30 percent intuition so mm -hmm. like if i take out my tarot deck right now and do 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 like great example i know that on the six of wands there are two laurel wreaths there's one wreath on their head there's also a victorious wreath on the wand so it's an interesting idea of this is someone who's already experienced victory they've already experienced success and i like being able to tap into those details of the cards or even things like um on the uh, queen of wands the cat that's illustrated in a rider weight smith deck was pamela coleman smith's cat and like there's letters being like that's my cat so bringing in those elements is really special but there's that intuitive side that really ratchets things up and on stage it's so interesting when i first started doing mentalism there was no intuition i you picked a thing i told you the thing we did that 10 more times the show was over and what i've really loved is kind of opening myself up to those intuitive moments where like after the show i might like see another like mentalist and they're like okay so i was following along and i saw you were doing this 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 one part like how did you get that i'm like i don't know i just guessed mm -hmm. um like i was doing like a very simple um routine in the show where like i have someone select a card and i i talk about cardomancy and i do a very simple reading for them nothing particularly fancy it's definitely like a magic trick and i'm doing i'm like so are you a nurse or a teacher? And she goes, oh, I'm a teacher. I'm like, special ed, right? She said, yeah. I, I don't know why I said that. That's awesome. It was just like very random. It's something that just comes the show, to you. It's fine. Right. And after the show, someone was like, like, did you, like, will you eat? Like, did you hear about it earlier? I'm like, I have no idea why I said that. <laughs> at all. I'm like, looking back, that could have been a very awkward moment for me and like 70 people. But like that is like the most fun part of it because there are some routines in my show that I've done for years, like for years and years. And it's those moments that make it so interesting. And, it's, and it really is like the people, like being able to like look out, watch their expressions and also just like connecting with people doing tarot. It's, it's so special. Mm -hmm. but yeah, great question. Thank you. Do you, want, do you want me to ask the next one, Joan? You can if you want. I have a list. I'm <laughs> one that I'm gonna ask because I don't want to. Yeah, shoot. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us about your book, um, and then also after you tell us about your book, and I don't want you to give away spoilers, but I do. If I could, I'd like yeah. to 
what people can expect to learn from reading mm -hmm. it. After that, I want to give away a copy and we want to brainstorm ideas that you have for our audience to receive one. All right, awesome. So okay. my book is called Chara Odyssey. It's a beginner's guide to the meaning of all 78 cards, their origin and developing your intuition. And the reason I wrote the book is I do a lot of tarot teaching. Like I do tarot workshops, I do tarot coachings. Um, I actually have a tarot workshop coming up in Elgin in I think two weeks or so. Awesome. Um, and, I, and I really love it because when I'm doing a reading, it takes a lot of energy. It's very, it's a lot of sitting, but it's very exhausting. Um, and I love the teaching because it's conversational. And I get to talk tarot without putting in all the energy of doing a reading. And that's not to say I dislike doing readings, but it's like a different flavor. It's a different way to experiment and explore. And so many times in a reading, even like in a coaching, excuse me, even if it's someone who's pretty new to tarot, they everyone has great insights to bring, which is like so cool. So people had asked me like, would you ever write a book? And it's like, eh, probably not. And, and I was talking with my spouse and he mentioned, he's like, I'm like, have you ever read a tarot book? He said, I've, I've tried to, but I hate them. I think they're terrible. I'm like, why do you hate tarot books? He's like, I think they're unclear. I think that they're redundant. Um, he's like, I, I, in general, I don't like how they're written. And I was like, challenge accepted. Wow. So like, it's not a long book because I really wanted a like a beginner's book. So what to expect? Let me crack this puppy open. Um, so the first section is I just start with tarot FAQs. What are the questions everyone asks me? What are the things where if you pick up a beginner's tarot book, you might be thinking in your mind, like, hey, I wonder. And I just start with that. And then I get into the history of tarot, but I want to say a note about that. The history of tarot is, has only recently um, received the academic vigor that it deserves. I remember as a kid watching a Miss Cleo infomercial for a learn how to read tarot VHS tape. And years later, finding it on YouTube, and it gives like a one minute history of tarot and it is comically incorrect. And you could argue that with any spiritual system, it's like, well, what is correct or like, this is not based in fact. And I wanted to have something that was succinct, but kind of gave people a sense of what's going on. I talk about preparing the deck. I go over the major arcana that I talk about tarot birth cards, how you can determine your tarot birth card. And then we go through the rest of the cards, inversions, reversals, simple spreads, a couple chapters on developing your intuition, and then two chapters that I really didn't think I'd ever write. Oh. Was reading frequency and finding a reputable reader. So I get tarot readings. And people are always like, why? And I'm like, that's a great question. And it's because when I read tarot for myself, I might do it um, for prognostication, so like looking to the future. But in general, I'm using it as like a spiritual exercise. So like I'm looking, I'm trying to like reflect, gain insight, draw connections, find motivation, find inspiration. Um, and I thought it was interesting to talk about one, how often you should get a reading. And it really depends. And I kind of go into that in the chapter. And then even with finding a reputable reader, one thing that's really awesome in 2023, oh my God, I forgot what you were, we don't, we barely have 2023 left. Yeah. We only got a month left. <laughs> and I'm like, what year is it? Um, yeah, like, come on. Um, but I talk, one thing that's great is there's so many ways to find a reader now. You know, 100 years ago, you might be able to find someone in your tiny little local town or wait for like 
a traveling carnival to come through, but there weren't like options. Sure. And now I can go online and there's a huge amount of options, but with that comes fantastic readers and readers that aren't as reputable. And I wanted to really take a chapter and explore that and provide people just with not only some basic like common sense stuff, but really some things that I look for, some things to keep in mind. And yeah, so that's what to expect. It's comprehensive, but hopefully not too boring and not too long. <laughs> awesome. So, so we, I, I do want, I'm sorry, Joan, did you have a question about that before we get to the... I had a different question, but it, it goes along, but you can go. It's okay. You do it. I was just going to say, okay, yeah. Have audience, we, we have participation. I want to yeah. give a, I want to give a copy away. Let's what is the type of listener or viewer, because we have both, what mm -hmm. would you like to give a copy to? We can set it up to, <sighs> to sort of do it, but we need yeah. to, what, what is the criteria? What would you like? Okay. Oh, I mean, I, I think what I would like is, this is, this doesn't sound so stupid, but someone who would read it is the first thing. Okay. And I say that because think about, oh, let me just have up my electric, sorry. Um, but think about all, how many, that's weird. Uh, think about how many books people buy and they end up like on a shelf, on a coffee table, but like no one ever reads them, right? So I know that sounds kind of stupid, but really like first of all, like someone who would read it. And the second thing is probably someone who is looking, if you're looking for a sign, to really get into tarot, this is your sign. This is your sign. And if you don't win this book and you don't, and you're not able to like buy a book, whether it be my book or another one, I, I hope you still take this as a sign to look for some awesome online resources or just get a book from the library. Um, you know, shout out to libraries. Um, oh. But I would love someone who's just starting, someone who, you know, is going to read it. And if I'm being real, real picky, someone who's fo now following me on Instagram at Mayfield Magic made like the month field like a field of flowers. <laughs> you can literally be that picky. You're doing it. And you can do it. Okay. okay. <laughs> For the show, I was telling Joan, I was like, yeah. hey, we should do that. We should do somebody who's following both as the minimum okay. criteria. And then we can go okay. from there. Jacob's uh, like, I don't care if they're following you. They just need to follow me. No, I want them following you too. <laughs> uh, they need all the spooky awesomeness, I, all I right? Would, and I would, I would say that if they're seeing uh, our giveaway, they're they're probably already following us. So really, they just need to be following me when I check on on that. Yeah. So I'll do that. I'll set that up. Uh, and I want to try to see if I can give away a book either by the end. I uh, see. I usually like to do it in in about three months to see how many people we can get. But oh, we are cool. up on the end of the year. Maybe I'll just have it to. Maybe we'll just do like a New Year's giveaway or like we'll announce winners on New Year's for all of our because we have a few book giveaways. So uh, I'll definitely not only announce hopefully on New Year's Day, but I'll ask that person to take a picture with the book once received and tag you in it on the Insta. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. And then one day outside of that, we should definitely hang out at Villa Perk. <laughs> uh, yes, and then get fries. Hell yeah. Really unique oh, lunch I, and then also go into that uh locomotive museum that that my fiance didn't want to go into <laughs> so i passed that up so many times and i was like what's going on there so i i've also been looking for an excuse so the afternoon's planned let's right? go let's go all right joan go, go fire away with your actual question <laughs> thank you so if i understand correctly from your website you've also mm -hmm. created a tarot deck is that correct? No. no, you didn't do that. I lied. Then you didn't do that. Don't think it. Don't. I didn't ask that question. 
No, it's weird that you asked that because I have started working on an Oracle deck. Oh, but okay. I probably won't be ready for publishing for like another year or so. Okay. What's an Oracle deck? I don't know Ooh, what. Cool. Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, here I'm gonna use visual aids for all of you who are just listening. Um, so you have like a tarot deck, seventy-eight cards, um, major arcana, minor arcana. Minor arcana is like a deck of playing cards, four suits, number cards, court cards, and then the major arcana. To be honest, the simplest way to think of it is not only are they the archetypes of tarot, but they're also, if you were to get a tarot decoration at Spirit Halloween, it's going to be a major arcana card. Um, so that's tarot. And then you have playing cards, right? So clubs, hearts, spades, diamonds. An oracle deck is a deck of cards that is made specifically by a mystic or an illustrator, and they can make it of any length, any theme. Um, like, so the one I have right now is a, uh, I think it's the full moon or no, it's the moonology Oracle deck. And I'll use this in readings. Sometimes they'll have things like affirmations. Sometimes they're more predictive. Sometimes they're really vague. Um, so there's different ones kind of based on your flavor. It, what's nice with an Oracle deck is I'm going to be honest for a while. I kind of shoot them i guess would be the polite word but kind of was like i'm okay and i've really i'm like i'm fine but i've really started to dig them more and more especially when people sit down for tarot and they have no idea what they want to ask about it can be a great anchor point sometimes i use it as a focus of the spread sometimes it's a great gateway for people i understand that not everyone wants to learn 78 cards and all the spreads and how to do that but an Oracle deck, if it's well made, in theory, you can make one that after maybe 10, 20 minutes, someone could start using and start having success with. Oh, wow. um, so that is a, a project. And now that I've brought it up publicly, it has to happen, which I love. <laughs> so now, like, it's not, not happening. Like, I'm, 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 thank you, Joan. Welcome. I, like, I, I feel like there's a lot of work that goes into it. Like, there's not only, like, the idea of how you're going to do it, but then there's, like, artwork involved and so much yeah. planning. My question was going to be, what was the process uh, for it? No, 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 uh, I'm just saying, but there's no deck to ask about that just yet, so. No, but. When you make it, I question. will ask you that. <laughs> yes. So, one, hold on to your question. Um, but it has been tricky because, you know, I'm not an artist by trade, so the process has been a lot of five steps forward, three steps back, fall on your side, roll down a couple steps, pick yourself up, go back up. Um, the process of writing the book though, to kind of reform the question was a really weird process um, because I worked with a lot of friends who are not tarot familiar, who would have read the book in its early stages and just say, does this make sense? Is this coherent? What do you think of this? So the first two people I had read it, um, we're both uh, have degrees in English. And then oh. the last person I had to read it was my spouse. And that was one of the heaviest rounds of edits, <laughs> more than the English majors. Um, because that's really when I felt like I was getting to the core of it. And I want to say the first draft, because let's see, the book now sits at da, 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 164 pages. And I think the original book was 260. So maybe like a hundred pages more. And I was like, we're cutting out everything that might be a stumbling block. Um, I love my big, really rich tarot books that are like, take you on a journey. And I like, I, 
I don't know, Joan, if you have a, a favorite tarot book or a couple favorites that come to mind. You're going to hate uh, me because I learned to read tarot for from tarot for dummies. That's how I learned in college. That's a, to be honest, that is not a bad book. Actually, <laughs> I should recommend that more than I do. Um, but like, there are books that are really like flowery and yeah. detailed and, and that's great. And I love that. You know, I love reading 12, like 12 pages on a single card in relation to how like Pamela Coleman Smith also acted as a costume designer for a Falstaff production five years before she did the deck and she reused part of like, like, I love that. And thank you again but, for calling it the Rider Waite Smith deck. Yeah, yes. Thank you. But I was like, that's not what this book is. This yeah. book is something where if this is your, if this is your tarot for dummies, I want you to feel like you're having a successful experience. And I think that was the hardest part. Uh, I, I think about, that. yeah, I, it reminds me of the quote, I didn't have time to write you a short letter. <laughs> you know, it was like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Very, very good. Joan, do you, do you have any more? I do. Okay. I feel uh, like questions are dumb, so you gotta, you gotta take no, it. okay. I'll take oh, Joan. <laughs> I'm going. So we've discussed a little bit i think it was actually off the podcast we've discussed mm -hmm. that there are so many different ways to practice tarot and it's very much encouraged so i was wondering if you mm -hmm. could describe a little bit about like your like keystones to practicing Ooh, well, that's a great question i mean i think the first thing with any and i i talk about this like when i'm working with like students all the time is if something doesn't resonate don't do it mm -hmm. I always suggest like giving something a try as, as long as it's not something that makes you like highly uncomfortable or you know there's so many like tarot myths um like if it's something that's uncomfortable or seems unethical obviously don't do it but you want to really take what resonates so a couple things in my tarot practice I'm trying to think of uh, oh wow a couple, a couple things that just like stand out is one I really do view the decks that I use Absolutely. Yeah, some things that just like. Um, oh, sorry. There's a little feedback. No, no, um, that's so, okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so I, so I really look at them as tools. So I respect them a lot. I use them a lot. Um, but I'll definitely make sure that I, you know, I'll do like occasional cleansings on them. I try to treat them very well. Um, I try to really mix the physical and metaphysical in a lot of what I do. So. Like I always talk to people about, don't store your tarot decks in places where it's moist. You know, like a damp basement isn't a great place for them. Mm -hmm. um, but I also want to store mine in a place where I can interact with them, I can shuffle them, I can spend time with them. One of the most important parts of any tarot practice, and it sounds really mundane, is just taking time to spend time with the cards. Shuffling, looking at them, and at times even really embracing a sense of play. Uh, tarot, when we look at the history of it, originally was a game. From the mid-15th century to the mid-18th century, it, it was really a game. We only really see it develop as a tool for divination in the mid-18th century in France. So the original people who used tarot, and really for over a hundred years afterwards, would have seen it as, as a game. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a reminder of our spirituality should have a playful element. And I, for tarot especially, you know, some people, they're gonna flip a card and they're gonna see the tower and just be like, it's gonna be a crazy day. And that's it. And that's <laughs> fine. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, it's gonna be kooky. And then other people might pull a card and say three of cups and really tap into the energy of that. 
you know, it's an autumnal scene. You know, we're in autumn right now. There's also a sense of celebration. Is there something that I should be celebrating? Is there a celebration I'm avoiding? So just spending time connecting with the cards. Um, Another huge part of my tarot practice is just reading. Um, So right now we're in my Zoom studio space, but upstairs in our office, so we, we bought a fixer upper home and we've been remodeling it over the, like we're still remodeling. We're like just a little bit over a year in. And one of the things I did is with a friend of ours who's a carpenter is we built um, oak built-ins for our office space. So we have about, between my husband and I, maybe 1,500 books. And I would say maybe 80 of them are just tarot. Ranging from like (laughs) super mundane books, like like tarot for dummies, to really weird and unusual ones, you know? Um, like I remember getting a, a tarot book recently that was out of print, only part of it was on tarot. The other part was like random predictions for the future that were made in like 1980 that were not particularly accurate. Uh, Spoiler alert, we're, we're in the future. Um, but, <laughs> so I think for me, reading books, I'm always reading, reading the cards, spending time with them. There are some metaphysical tools I do like to use frequently. I use Florida water a lot in my practice. Um, and I also will use some spiritual oils. But that's just a, l- a little bit about my tarot practice. Anything specifically you'd like to know about or that you're curious about? I mean, right now, I'm a little curious just through my own practice. Do you yeah. pick certain decks for certain reasons? Because I have one deck that has, like I jokingly say, has a lot of attitude. Oh, like, yeah. She's, she's from college. She's my first deck. Yeah. And you don't ask her about a breakup because she will get, she'll oh, tell wow. you. She, she's not she nice. She's serve it. Uh, yeah, she's not nice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny. The The deck that I use when I read professionally, I always use a Rider Waite Smith deck um, because it's the one I've been using the longest. And the one I'm using right now, I tried to do the math. It has to be close to 10,000 readings. Wow. And I thought that was ridiculous. I'm like, that's not possible. Like, yeah. come on. And, if you, once again, for all those listening, we're going to go in for a close-up. But even on this card, I didn't realize how old it was getting until I saw how much the ink had been fading oh, off no. from use. Yeah. Like, there, there's color blocking where the colors are... I mean, like, it has been shuffled so many times. The ink is wearing off on individual parts of the pictures. Um, but the energy of the deck's really good. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, not yet. So I've actually been breaking in a second deck. <laughs> Okay. I'm like, this one, she's got to retire, all right? She's gone through a lot. <laughs> it's time, okay? Yeah. And so I've been working in a new deck, just like shuffling it, doing some exercises with it, but it's not quite there yet. And mm-hmm. I can just feel like it's not quite ready. Um, definitely different decks have different attitudes, but, you know, part of that is also just the nature of Part of that's very kind of mystical. Part of it's just like the deck itself. Um, so I love pasta. I got a, a pasta tarot deck as a gift from someone. That's so fun. Super fun. I I don't know if I'm going to ask huge spiritual questions of the universe to my pasta tarot deck, but also maybe I'm kind of like maybe I need to like give it a shot, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like so, you, you can't know yeah. it until you ask. Yeah, you kind of give it a shot. Um, <laughs> So there's certain decks that where their attitudes are really different. Some decks too, and I really am careful talking to students about this, um, they just don't work for you. Hmm. Like they just won't work. 
Yeah. Um, so I had a, a student who was using a Lenormand deck for something, and that's like a kind of, it's a mix between like an Oracle deck and like a Cardamancy deck. I don't want to get too hyper technical. Um, and she's like, every time I use it, it's it, like, it's not working. She's like, I ask it stuff, the cards don't make sense. It hmm. seems redundant. And I'm like, all right, try these 20 things first. And she did all the stuff. She tried reordering it. She tried sleeping with it under her pillow. She tried cleansing it. She tried reshuffling it. She tried taking a break from it. She tried doing stuff during a new moon. She tried doing stuff during a full moon. And I was like, it's just not going to work for you. Um, one deck that I really like practicing with is um, I have a Toth tarot deck, T-H-O-T-H. Okay. Yeah. Um, very popular deck. Uh, Alistair Crowley, Lady Frida Harris. They... I want to say they worked on that deck in late 20s, early 1930s. Beautiful. Every time I read with it, it, it doesn't quite work. And I can't explain why. Mm. Like, it, like if I tried to do something predictive with that deck, the answer w would not come true and would not make sense. That deck is very difficult to, like, transfer from a Rider Waite Smith to... Oh, that too! Like... Yeah. They they might be cousins, but they ain't sisters, all right? No, no. Um, and they're like distant cousins too. Yeah, and they're it's like I see you every like ten years, um, but it's weird because even when I'm really connecting, really getting into like a very deep spiritual place, and you know checking books and resources, because because I will do that when I practice for myself. Because sometimes it's nice to just be like, you know what, I want to do this reading with like Rachel Pollock. I want to do this reading with like Jenna Matlin. Like I want to bring in like one of my tarot like um, writer buddies into this. Whenever I use it, it just doesn't quite, I can't quite get on the right wavelength with it. Yeah. But who knows, maybe in the future that'll be my go-to. So I keep trying, we'll see what happens. Check back in in 10 years. It will. We definitely will. Actually, I, I'm trying to make it a thing where we check back in almost every year. So Ooh. Yeah. If you're free next year, maybe we'll do a nice follow-up and see where we're at. All right. We'll do it at Fry's. We'll do it at the Fry's place. Do a live one. I think by then we we'll probably have more hosts. Yes, Joan. So I was going to say, do any cards of the deck speak to you particularly? Because we all know we have, like, a favorite child. We don't say it out loud. Oh, wow. No. Totally. Um, I would say for a long time, my favorite was Strength. Um, and I love that card because it depicts... Um, and w what's interesting is one, the depiction we see of strength is pretty consistent throughout centuries. So some of the cards go through a lot of changes historically. Um, for example, the magician, that's a card that really almost shows a juggler or depending on the era of publication what would have been defined as a jongler, which would have been a mixture of juggler magician. Um, and you see that card go through like huge transformations um but strength has stayed really consistent and it's always someone um who's a woman opening the mouth usually a lion or some kind of other animal and i've always liked the card because it reminds me about um how true strength is really gentle what it means to like be gentle and the power in that i think a lot of times we see strength as something like very masculine violent aggressive and the card's this reminder of, you know what, Jacob, you find your true strength when you're more relaxed, when you're kind to people, when you're taking your time. And those things don't negate the ability of strength. Like she's still, she's not being eaten by this line. She's still in control. Um, 
So that's yeah. something that's has resonated with me a lot. I've been feeling very hermity lately, kind of just like mm. bathrobe, cozy vibes. I also think that's like Midwest in the winter. Um, it does change a little bit for me. I would say strength has always been a go-to. I do think about my tarot birth cards a lot, which are the hermit and the moon. Uh, what about you? Do you have a favorite tarot card? Is there one that kind of speaks to you, Joan? Yes. So uh, I, because of the dramatic um, melancholy meaning, love the Five of Cups. Ooh, okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, so the Five of Cups, just to give a quick description, and the way at least mm -hmm. I read it, is yeah. a man who is staring at three cups that have spilled, and behind mm -hmm. him are two cups. So when that's yeah. in the upright version, it's supposed to symbolize that you're focusing so much on the negative that you're missing mm -hmm. the positive. But when yeah. it's in reverse, you can think of the cups that were behind him pouring out, meaning there's no more mm -hmm. liquid in them, saying that like you focus so much on the negative now you've missed the positive that was happening yeah. so like just that yeah. like that's one of the only few cards i can think of that like really has a negative connotation to it in both ways and like when i get that i'm like oof ugh, i really gotta really gotta refocus what i'm okay. <laughs> you know <laughs> one really interesting detail with this that card if you're looking at the pamela coleman smith illustration is the liquids, there's red and green liquid being poured out of them mm -hmm. that you can only see if you really kind of like dig in closer. And I actually didn't realize it, so I was reading um, the Madame Pamita book of tarot. I can't remember the title of it. And she talked in that book about the symbolism of why would she select two different liquid colors. And she talked about how there's some readers who interpret it as the liquid that's green is either poisonous or rancid. So sometimes a positive I don't want to say like a positive spin, but sometimes I'll see that card when people are really saddened by what they've missed. But kind of the message is, you know what? So you kind of dodged a bullet. Like yeah. some of the things you're missing, some of the experiences or um, memories or things that you're saddened by, they may look fine from the outside, but not all of them were fine. Like mm. it, it could have really been to your benefit. I do, something I've always disliked with that card is people who interpret it as a crying over spilt milk card. Like that's oh, a I sentence I'll see that. a lot. I, wow. Maybe on like rare occasion, but that's never like been my go-to interpretation or resonance with that. Well, like at least, cause I've always really been in, in touch with the number five in numerology, meaning mm. knowledge through strife. So yeah. refocusing the question of not why is it happening to me, but what am I learning from this experience? Yeah. So I think if you really take that number into consideration with that card, it's an unfair mm -hmm. judgment to make on it. Right. I will say the card that comes up a lot in my readings ah. is Tempest. So okay. she and I have a special connection. <laughs> Talk to <laughs> me I about need to be patient. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So why do you think it's been coming? Has it always come up or just recently? Uh no. I so what I've been doing recently is yeah. I actually have a group that we meet monthly to do uh -huh. like intuitive reading sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't tell you which card's been coming up a lot recently because we it's just mm -hmm. been different things coming up. Yeah. Uh, when I first got my college deck, I got mm -hmm. Tempest a lot. And okay. I got that deck out of a major breakup. Okay. So I feel like she was saying that just be patient and calm funny enough that breakup yeah. led to me marrying that guy so it, it's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh 
I will say also, like, tragic beauty-wise, the Ten of Swords is also kind of like that, too. And I love yes. that. Like, that, like... you. A lot of people take it in different ways. Actually, it's really funny. I mm -hmm. have here the Modern Witch deck. Yes! And the Ten mm -hmm. of Swords has an extra card where it's just... Because the Ten of Swords is, a like, a person just being stabbed by Ten Swords. In the back, and, yes. Yeah, and, like, the one in the silly one that comes with the modern witch deck is, like, everything's fine. Like, just oh, that's the, funny. Everything's great. Everything's great. I love it in the sense that it's, like, no, let sleeping dogs lie. It's fine. Hmm. You can't do anything about it, and that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes I need to be told that. So. Well, and I think that's also really interesting. Okay, so I think if you only see, like, tarot in a movie you'd assume that it's only for predictive purposes mm -hmm. and that like every day i'm like what are the lottery numbers um mm -hmm. which so far has not been successful um but i i don't think people who don't have the experience that people like you have recognized what like an interesting introspective journey it can be and that's really where it's like most powerful and most amazing being mm -hmm. able to say like you know what I need to learn to let things lie. And when this card comes up, that reminds me of that. And that's something that brings positivity to my life. I very much do a reflective practice, not a predictive yeah. practice. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh. I'm, learning a lot. I'm just saying. It's very. <laughs> no. It doesn't follow. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So, well, and actually, that's probably something good to define is. So, so like, what do you use a tarot deck for? So. Right. Yeah. If, do you want to answer? What, no, do you want to answer? A question? We can do it uh, together. I, we can do it together. Yeah. So personally, what I use mine for, because I do believe that your tarot practice should be a very personal practice to yeah. you. Um, but of personal practice, but that does not mean you don't go out and read other people's interpretation of the practice because that helps you yeah. define your own. Um, I tend to turn to my tarot besides my monthly meetings um to ask questions when i feel stuck and ask in a way that i can look at the card and go i'm picking up this and this can i relate to that is that a blind spot that i have been facing and now i can refocus on um i always say in my practice that uh when you do a reading i tend to do a seven card reading past the reason why you asked the question present what's going on and future and I say to myself and to others, the present is just giving the outline. This is what's going to happen if you continue on this path. Mm -hmm. But now you are aware, so you can change. Nothing is set in stone. That's not what they're telling you. It's just what the vibe of the like question yeah. is. The flavor, you the know? The flavor. And what the universe yeah. is like, hey, babe, stop. Don't do that. Just a little yeah. bit. Just a little. <laughs> I mean, it's so interesting. There's so many ways that you can define, like, what is the purpose of your tarot practice? I think overwhelmingly, just the thought of it's to bring clarity mm -hmm. kind of wraps it all up pretty nicely. So, like, in theory, in divination or fortune telling, you could really, in theory, you could ask a question in regards to the future. You could ask a question in regards to what is unknown to you. You could ask a question that would be unknown to anyone. Um, so, like a, an example in a technical sense would be how many jelly beans are in the jar? 
not a question I've asked Harold, but like purely for illustrative purposes. So you could ask a question that no one knows the answer to. You could ask a question that someone knows information to or knows the answer to that you don't. So like, will he come back? You could ask that. You could ask like, what's going to happen tomorrow? You can use it for any kind of introspection. But I think really the big question is clarity. And when I so I read. And what is hardest to talk about when I'm teaching tarot is the importance of the formation of the question. It is so vital for when you're reading from I think when you're reading for yourself, you can be really so that they are there in the future. Mm -hmm. um, I also think it takes away power. One thing I talk about in my readings is I want them to be empowering. We are not victims to our fate. We're not victims to our divination. So if I'm sitting around I'm like, well, I guess I can't do this till someone says I can. That sucks. You like, you should be able to go out and be like, if I want to do this, and that just means I'm going on Amazon and buying one, I just want to buy one. Do what you need to do to make that happen. My favorite myth that I love to bust them is that the death card will be a practices it can and I don't want to like take away from people's practices 
overwhelmingly though, does it? No. I mean, if a tarot, like I, if I do a 10 card tarot spread and I like, I did an event this weekend that was maybe six hours, more or less of like nonstop reading. It was packed. Like the death card came up a bunch. All those people aren't going to die. That's how is that even probable? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's probably what I like to bust the most. Yeah. It's also like, like I've, I've talked about it before with Frank. I was like, there's different mm -hmm. symbolism on the card that also represents yeah. life in the same sense. And like, and I'm going to let people read your book to understand, but like ah. death comes at a certain point in the major yeah. that like, mm -hmm. it wouldn't make sense for it to be the end because it's nowhere close mm -hmm. to the yeah, end. Yeah, it's, it's 13. End. It's yeah. nowhere in the, in the, and I think the easiest way to explain, like when I'm doing like a workshop, because I'll do a, like a short workshop on the major arcana. I always say, listen, if you're in a bad relationship, you want the death card because you want that to die. You want it to end so you can keep <laughs> moving on. All right. <laughs> like you want that dead. You you don't want that lingering. And I think death in our lives can be really good. Um, because you know, and really it's the bad relationship. It's like, I want it dead. I don't want to be thinking about this person. I don't want to be getting texts at night. Like, I just want it, I want it dead. I want to move on. It's over. Want it dead, and... but also like there's like a young couple in there, so like maybe something new is coming soon. Right. I don't know, it's... fresh. I mean, and well, and even just like it with winter, you know, if you got if you want spring, you gotta have winter. Mm -hmm. True, that's a good point. That's a really good metaphor for a lot of things, actually. Yeah. So, so everyone, I... go out and kill things. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot of if if you know. I don't know. I find it really fascinating. I don't have any kind of expertise in this. This isn't generally not the type of paranormal stuff I follow, but I, I find it very, very fascinating. In fact, we're going to be doing a tarot episode, a tarot centric episode in, I think, January or February. We're going to plan it out. So I don't know exactly how we're going to do that, but we'll do it. <laughs> You're going to do it very well. That's oh, how. <laughs> I think we're going to we're going to figure out a way to have Joan do a reading. Yes, Joan? Yep. We're going to try. <laughs> we're going to try. So, uh, Joan, do you, do you have any more questions or do you want to, I mean, we've, we've really like, the thing about I, it is time passed so quickly, this one. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. I do have one question that's like a burning personal yeah. question that does not oh, have anything to do with tarot. All right, so shoot. I watched uh, the videos on your website promoting your mentalist practice. Yeah. Um, how do you know what props to bring? I need to know. How do you know to bring a oh. thing of vodka and like oranges? Unless that ruins it and then you don't tell me. It's fine. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, that is an interesting question. So part of it is really, mon I, I want to answer it in a way that's really satisfying, but also mysterious. I'm just taking a second. That's fine. You can just tell me a little bit later too. No, no so like fine. part of it's really mundane. Mm -hmm. So in almost every show, I will use a crystal ball as a prop. So I always okay. pack a crystal ball. That That's pretty simple. And, you know, there is kind of a, like a boring, running on like such a boring practical note, but I, like also quite interesting. It is. So like, I know that like when I pack that, it needs to be packed in a way that doesn't shatter and like will keep all the props safe. So like that's very kind of detailed. But then there's other elements that people think are like super exciting that are very boring and other things 
that are as whimsical as you'd expect. And a great example, and I don't feel like I'm giving anything away because it's just a fact. A lot of times in my show, I will use a scroll as a prediction. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, well, do you just have like a bunch of scrolls at your house? I do. I have, and there's not a great way to get to them right now, but in this room, there are about 40 scrolls with wow. different things written on them and a whole bunch of blank scrolls. So like one thing I'll do is that when I do mind reading at the piano, I'll often predict a final song on a scroll and it's not the same song every night. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of 20 or one that I'm going to write specially for that show. So like, and that's like really interesting. So when people come over, they're like, what's that? I'm like, those are all the scrolls. <laughs> um, that Yeah. Like that's what you would think it would be. And then there's other things that are like super boring where it's like, Oh yeah, no, we just get the cards at Walgreens. so and it I for me I think that's always the most fun and especially for our friends that we have like very like um like the producing partner I had with the recent run of shows I did what was really fun is as the run went she started learning just some very simple details of the show and the questions she would ask were always so great because she'd be like wait a minute but that didn't happen the first five out of the six performances. So when that happened, I didn't know it was going to like, I didn't realize you were going to. And then that, and she's like, so do you, what? Um, so yeah, with the preparation, it's a little all over the place. So good question. Thank you. I was uh, just very curious how you knew two oranges. <laughs> my God. Um, wow. That was, that's crazy. But before we close the show, is there anything that we yeah. may touch on that you really want to talk about? Is there any? <sighs> You can, yeah, I think I'm just like there's yeah. a time, there's no time limit, but let us know like if there's something you still want to get out there. You know, I, I think I'm just gonna do one quick round of plugs before we call it night. So okay. my website. We were gonna do that anyway. Um, yeah. Go, go for it though. Okay, so my website's MayfieldMagic.com. May like the month, field like a field of flowers. I only have one social media right now because that is all my spirit and mind can handle at the moment, and it's Instagram at MayfieldMagic. Um, you can order my book on Amazon. Uh, there's also a link to get to it on my website. And I'm also working on a product page um, and opening a little bit of an online shop. But the book is Tarot Odyssey, A Beginner's Guide to the Meaning of All 78 Cards, Their Origin, and Developing Your Intuition. We do also have those links. Make sure to put them in the description. Oh, thank you. Watching this, just scroll down. There's the link to the Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it now. <laughs> Follow, follow the Insta. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to give away a copy of the book. So I'm really excited about that. Okay. I think we're ready for final thoughts, Joan. What do you think? Okay. Okay. So that's not exactly like a plug, but it's, you know, we kind of go around the room here, uh, Jacob, and we want to, we basically want to like give our listeners and viewers something to take back from the show. Like if there's one thing that you want someone to take back, yeah. Um, I mean, you have to imagine that, like, there's maybe some people that are fans of yours that are listening, but there's probably yeah. some that, you know, are discovering this topic for the first time that may otherwise, you know, just, you know, like us for our ghost content or cryptid content. Yeah. So, what do you want, like, the audience to take back? Or we can come you know, back. We can go to Joan first. Whatever, whatever works for you. You know, I'm going to pull a card. I'm just going to pull a tarot card and I'm going to use that as our, my final thought. Awesome. Um, because we talked about a lot of stuff. So I know the answer is somewhere in the dark. Um, and the card I got, Joan, 
Come oh on. my god. <laughs> I guess my final thought is Joan is always right. All right. I am. Oh my god. How I think my know? husband's listening. Listen harder. Um, he's gonna tune out of this one. Yes. No. How already no. has. <laughs> um, you know, for the Five of Cups, kind of the interpretation of for a final thought in just this moment is it reminds me a lot about my artistic journey, which I've been reflecting on a lot lately. Um, and just the thought that I think sometimes what really stopped me from like living my largest kind of artistic spiritual potential was this feeling that I don't know, that I wasn't enough in certain ways or that I felt the need to compartmentalize. But once I kind of allowed myself to just be myself and have like a very faceted and kind of unusual public presence, that's when everything was great. It's when I embraced the cups that were down and the cups that were up and didn't feel like they had to be separate. Um, so, yeah. That's great. Also, Joan, really quick, wasn't the card that Stormfrog was talking about that one show about the cups? Wasn't that the same card? Possibly. I think he, I think he was just talking about cups as a suit because he uh, gets cups a lot. Hmm. And I, I wanna, was like, wow. I'm going to go back some and emotions you want to talk show. about. I'm going to go back and reference that show because I think it'd be kind of a crazy coincidence. I don't, I don't know if he talked about it on air or not. I think that was our private conversation after is the problem. We we talked to one of our friends uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah. He streams like some paranormal games and he's like a paranormal oh, cool. creator. So he's really cool. Yeah. He's going to be, uh, he and his sister are going to be coming by to do the, the tarot episode that we're going to be, that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. yeah. He's talking about how he's always um, getting the, the, the cups. So mm-hmm. but, uh, I'm going to touch base with him. I actually talked to him this morning about something totally different, but um, yeah, I'm going to touch base. We'll, we'll get back to that. Joan, right. uh, what do you want to give for your final thoughts? Um, so I wanted to say that I think this is like, I'm sending it out there. If you are looking to start practicing tarot, I know one of my fears when starting was one, it felt like a lot. And two, I was afraid to share some of my interpretations of it because I thought someone was going to tell me I'm wrong. And I would hope that from this conversation, you can see that we might not agree not disagree but not agree mm-hmm. on everything but none of us told each other like you're wrong that's not how you read something and it's very open to practice so start learning take your baby steps talk to other people and like really figure out your practice it's a very welcoming community yeah that's awesome i like i like how you suggested that you know it's the same it's just a different interpretation but probably along the same parallel that's kind of beautiful yeah. way, you know it's almost like interpreting anything right if you read a poem it's like how do you interpret it it might be different for you that's awesome i really like that and on that note i want to give my final thoughts which, which first is mr jacob mayfield thank you so much for coming on i do definitely want to hang out again i don't know under what circumstances we're going to be planning our next year but like i almost don't want to plan next year because i just want to take a break well we usually take a break in december so I'm looking forward to our break but um i definitely want to see you know i think there's an unlikelihood, realistically, an unlikelihood that we're going to participate in Dark Matters in February only because all of our hosts are around the country. So we've got, you know, Jones in New Jersey. We've got our our uh, Mythos Keeper in New Jersey, uh, James. He's in New York State. Then we've got Kimberly, who's in uh, Oregon. You know, I'm the only <laughs> one here in Illinois. So uh, I don't think I'd be able to do Dark Matters on my own. I would want the team with me. So um, with that said, 
I still might make an appearance just to I I, I really feel like maybe a spiritual will be there and Ralph and the crew, you know, the mats and Margaret, you know, hopefully they're there. Maybe they can maybe we can meet them and say hi and do all that stuff. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. But um thank you for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. We're going to definitely do that book giveaway. I'm gonna put it up on the site uh and on their socials. And I we I think if I remember your criteria correctly, it is someone that wants to get into it. Somebody yeah. will actually read it. And then yes. third is somebody that's actually gonna like already following you, but probably already follows us. But there's a lesser requirement for following you. Yeah. <laughs> they would have found the post through us, so there's a there's a likelihood, but not a, I would yeah. a requirement there. So, um, so thank you for coming on. Thank you f- so much for being part of our little rinky dink show. Uh, yeah. Everybody that wants to f- uh, follow and find Jacob Mayfield, we have his links in the description along with uh, link to buy his book. If you're watching this after the fact, it will be in the description of whatever avenue you're using to watch, along with a link to buy a, a copy of the book if you just want to outright buy it and not enter into the giveaway. And yeah, um, my final thought is I'm very, very interested now in this whole tarot. I, I am somebody who, it's not that I had a bad experience, but like, it's almost like the people who were practicing tarot that I was sort of uh, coming into contact with were people that I didn't really, really like, like very much. And I, I hate to say that too. But I feel like I missed out on this a little bit. Am I frozen? Did I freeze? Oh, a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Okay, sorry. The camera doesn't, some, for some reason, the camera doesn't just freeze. All I got to do is like unpause and pause the video. But no, like, so I, I actually had not a bad experience per se with the actual practice of tarot, but like just the, the people were not people that I would want to get a reading with. But it's so cool to just, just fascinating to think about it as just a, an idea and, uh, I actually am very excited for the show that we're going to do. So uh, I know that Joan is probably going to do a reading for Paige, but maybe we'll we'll mix in some stuff. And maybe when you come back on, Jacob, maybe we'll have you do, uh, maybe we'll we'll pay for your services and have you do something cool with the audience. Maybe we'll get some people involved. I think that would be awesome. But outside of that, thank you for tuning in tonight. Thank you for telling your friend. We will be back next week. We've got a lot of great shows here before the end of the year. We're going to be taking December off, but there, there may or may not be some pre-recorded content there for you to kind of listen to during the holiday season. And outside of that, we want to wish you a great week and a great safe weekend uh, next weekend and stay in touch. We're definitely going to have Mr. Jacob Mayfield done again. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next week. Take care of yourselves. Bye. You guys want to say bye? Bye.